Part two of Theaetetus by Plato, translated by Benjamin Joet. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Geoffrey Edwards. Socrates, take a look round then and see that none of the uninitiated are listening. Now, by the uninitiated, I mean the people who believe in nothing but what they can grasp in their hands, and will not allow that action or generation or anything invisible can have real existence theaetetus yes indeed socrates they are very hard and impenetrable mortals socrates yes my boy outer barbarians far more ingenious are the brethren whose mysteries i am about to reveal to you their first principle is that all is motion and upon this all the affections of which we were just now speaking are supposed to depend. There is nothing but motion, which has two forms, one active and the other passive, both in endless number, and out of the union and friction of them there is generated a progeny endless in number, having two forms, sense and the object of sense, which are ever breaking forth and coming to the birth at the same moment. The senses are variously named hearing, seeing, smelling. There is the sense of heat, cold, pleasure, pain, desire, fear, and many more which have names, as well as innumerable others which are without them. Each has its kindred object. Each variety of color has a corresponding variety of sight, and so with sound and hearing, and with the rest of the senses and the objects akin to them. Do you see, Theaetetus, the bearings of this tale on the preceding argument? Theaetetus. Indeed, I do not. Socrates. Then attend, and I will try to finish the story. The purport is that all these things are in motion, as I was saying, and that this motion is of two kinds, a slower and a quicker, and the slower elements have their motions in the same place, and with reference to things near them, and so they beget but what is begotten is swifter for it is carried to and fro and moves from place to place apply this to sense when the eye and the appropriate object meet together and give birth to whiteness and the sensation co-natural with it which could not have been given by either of them going elsewhere then while the sight is flowing from the eye whiteness proceeds from the object which combines in producing the colour and so the eye is fulfilled with sight, and really sees, and becomes not sight, but a seeing eye. And the object which combined to form the colour is fulfilled with whiteness, and becomes not whiteness, but a white thing, whether wood, or stone, or whatever the object may be which happens to be coloured white. And this is true of all sensible objects, hard, warm, and the like, which are similarly to be regarded as I was saying before, not as having any absolute existence, but as being all of them of whatever kind generated by motion in their intercourse with one another. For of the agent and patient, as existing in separation, no trustworthy conception, as they say, can be formed. For the agent has no existence until united with the patient, and the patient has no existence until united with the agent, and that which, by uniting with something, becomes an agent, by meeting with some other thing, is converted into a patient. And from all these considerations, 
as i said at first there arises a general reflection that there is no one self-existent thing but everything is becoming and in relation and being must be altogether abolished although from habit and ignorance we are compelled even in this discussion to retain the use of the term but great philosophers tell us that we are not to allow either the word something or belonging to something or to me or this or that or any other detaining name to be used in the language of nature all things are being created and destroyed coming into being and passing into new forms nor can any name fix or detain them he who attempts to fix them is easily refuted and this should be the way of speaking not only of particulars but of aggregates such aggregates as are expressed in the word man or stone or any name of an animal or of a class o oh, theaetetus are not these speculations sweet as honey and do you not like the taste of them in the mouth theaetetus i do not know what to say socrates for indeed i cannot make out whether you are giving your own opinion or only wanting to draw me out socrates you forget my friend that i neither know nor profess to know anything of these matters you are the person who is in labour i am the barren midwife and this is why i soothe you and offer you one good thing after another that you may taste them and i hope that i may at last help to bring your own opinion into the light of day when this has been accomplished then we will determine whether what you have brought forth is only a windig or a real and genuine birth therefore keep up your spirits and answer like a man what you think theaetetus ask me socrates then once more is it your opinion that nothing is but what becomes the good and the noble as well as all the other things which we were just now mentioning theaetetus when i hear you discoursing in this style i think that there is a great deal in what you say and i am very ready to assent socrates let us not leave the argument unfinished then for there still remains to be considered an objection which may be raised about dreams and diseases in particular about madness and the various illusions of hearing and sight or of other senses for you know that in all these cases the esse percipi theory appears to be unmistakably refuted since in dreams and illusions we certainly have false perceptions and far from saying that everything is which appears we should rather say that nothing is which appears Theaetetus very true socrates socrates but then my boy how can any one contend that knowledge is perception or that to every man what appears is theaetetus i am afraid to say socrates that i have nothing to answer because you rebuked me just now for making this excuse but i certainly cannot undertake to argue that madmen or dreamers think truly when they imagine some of them that they are gods and others that they can fly and are flying in their sleep socrates do you see another question which can be raised about these phenomena notably about dreaming and waking theaetetus what question socrates a question which i think that you must often have heard persons ask how can you determine whether at this moment we are sleeping and all our thoughts are a dream or whether we are awake 
and talking to one another in the waking state. Theaetetus. Indeed, Socrates, I do not know how to prove the one any more than the other, for in both cases the facts precisely correspond, and there is no difficulty in supposing that during all this discussion we have been talking to one another in a dream, and when in a dream we seem to be narrating dreams, the resemblance of the two states is quite astonishing. Socrates. You see, then, that a doubt about the reality of sense is easily raised, since there may even be a doubt whether we are awake or in a dream. And as our time is equally divided between sleeping and waking, in either sphere of existence the soul contends that the thoughts which are present to our minds at the time are true, and during one half of our lives we affirm the truth of the one, and during the other half of the other, and are equally confident of both. Theaetetus. Most true. Socrates. And may not the same be said of madness and other disorders? The difference is only that the times are not equal. Theaetetus. Certainly. Socrates. And is truth or falsehood to be determined by duration of time? Theaetetus. That would be, in many ways, ridiculous. Socrates. But can you certainly determine by any other means which of these opinions is true? Theaetetus. I do not think that I can. Socrates. Listen, then, to a statement of the other side of the argument, which is made by the champions of appearance. They would say, as I imagine, can that which is wholly other than something have the same quality as that from which it differs? And observe, Theaetetus, that the word other means not partially, but wholly other. Theaetetus. Certainly, putting the question as you do, that which is wholly other cannot either potentially or in any other way be the same. Socrates. And must therefore be admitted to be unlike? Theaetetus. True. Socrates. If, then, anything happens to become like or unlike itself or another, when it becomes like we call it the same, when unlike other? Theaetetus. Certainly. Socrates. Were we not saying that there are agents, many and infinite, and patients, many and infinite? Theaetetus. Yes. Socrates. And also that different combinations will produce results which are not the same but different? Theaetetus. Certainly. Socrates. Let us take you and me, or anything as an example. There is Socrates in health, and Socrates sick. Are they like or unlike? Theaetetus. You mean to compare Socrates in health as a whole, and Socrates in sickness as a whole? Socrates. Exactly, that is my meaning. Theaetetus. I answer, they are unlike. Socrates. And if unlike, they are other? Theaetetus. Certainly. Socrates. And would you not say the same of Socrates sleeping and waking? or in any of the states which we were mentioning? Theaetetus. I should. Socrates. All agents have a different patient in Socrates, accordingly as he is well or ill. Theaetetus. Of course. Socrates. And I, who am the patient, and that which is the agent, will produce something different in each of the two cases? Theaetetus. Certainly. Socrates. The wine which I drink when I am in health appears sweet and pleasant to me? Theaetetus. True. Socrates. For 
as has been already acknowledged the patient and agent meet together and produce sweetness and a perception of sweetness which are in simultaneous motion and the perception which comes from the patient makes the tongue percipient and the quality of sweetness which arises out of and is moving about the wine makes the wine both to be and to appear sweet to the healthy tongue theaetetus certainly that has been already acknowledged socrates but when i am sick the wine really acts upon another and a different person theaetetus yes socrates the combination of the draught of wine and the socrates who is sick produces quite another result which is the sensation of bitterness in the tongue and the motion and creation of bitterness in and about the wine which becomes not bitterness but something bitter as i myself become not perception but percipient theaetetus true socrates there is no other object of which i shall ever have the same perception for another object would give another perception and would make the percipient other and different nor can that object which affects me meeting another subject produce the same or become similar for that too will produce another result from another subject and become different theaetetus true socrates neither can i by myself have this sensation nor the object by itself this quality theaetetus certainly not socrates when i perceive i must become percipient of some thing there can be no such thing as perceiving and perceiving nothing the object whether it becomes sweet bitter or of any other quality must have relation to a percipient nothing can become sweet which is sweet to no one theaetetus certainly not socrates then the inference is that we the agent and patient are or become in relation to one another there is a law which binds us one to the other but not to any other existence nor each of us to himself and therefore we can only be bound to one another so that whether a person says that a thing is or becomes he must say that it is or becomes to or of or in relation to something else but he must not say or allow any one else to say that anything is or becomes absolutely such is our conclusion theaetetus very true socrates socrates then if that which acts upon me has relation to me and to no other i and no other am the percipient of it theaetetus of course socrates then my perception is true to me being inseparable from my own being and as protagoras says to myself i am judge of what is and what is not to me theaetetus i suppose so socrates how then if i never err and if my mind never trips in the conception of being or becoming can i fail of knowing that which i perceive theaetetus you cannot socrates then you were quite right in affirming that knowledge is only perception and the meaning turns out to be the same whether with homer and heraclitus and all that company you say that all is motion and flux or with the great sage protagoras that man is the measure of all things or with theaetetus that given these premises perception is knowledge am i not right theaetetus and is not this your new-born child of which i have delivered you 
what say you theaetetus i cannot but agree socrates socrates then this is the child however he may turn out which you and i have with difficulty brought into the world and now that he is born we must run round the hearth with him and see whether he is worth rearing or is only a wind-egg and a sham is he to be reared in any case and not exposed or will you bear to see him rejected and not get into a passion if i take away your first-born theodorus theaetetus will not be angry for he is very good-natured but tell me socrates in heaven's name is this after all not the truth socrates you theodorus are a lover of theories and now you innocently fancy that i am a bag full of them and can easily pull one out which will overthrow its predecessor but you do not see that in reality none of these theories come from me they all come from him who talks with me i only know just enough to extract them from the wisdom of another and to receive them in a spirit of fairness and now i shall say nothing myself but shall endeavour to elicit something from our young friend theodorus do as you say socrates you are quite right socrates shall i tell you theodorus what amazes me in your acquaintance protagoras theodorus what is it socrates i am charmed with his doctrine that what appears is to each one but i wonder that he did not begin his book on truth with a declaration that a pig or a dog-faced baboon or some other yet stranger monster which has sensation is the measure of all things then he might have shown a magnificent contempt for our opinion of him by informing us at the outset that while we were reverencing him like a god for his wisdom he was no better than a tadpole not to speak of his fellow-men would not this have produced an overpowering effect for if truth is only sensation and no man can discern another's feelings better than he or has any superior right to determine whether his opinion is true or false but each as we have several times repeated is to himself the sole judge and everything that he judges is true and right why my friend should protagoras be preferred to the place of wisdom and instruction and deserve to be well paid and we poor ignoramuses have to go to him if each one is the measure of his own wisdom must he not be talking ad captandum in all this i say nothing of the ridiculous predicament in which my own midwifery and the whole art of dialectic is placed for the attempt to supervise or refute the notions or opinions of others would be a tedious and enormous piece of folly if to each man his own are right and this must be the case if protagoras's truth is the real truth and the philosopher is not merely amusing himself by giving oracles out of the shrine of his book theodorus he was a friend of mine socrates as you were saying and therefore i cannot have him refuted by my lips nor can i oppose you when i agree with you please then to take theaetetus again he seemed to answer very nicely socrates if you were to go into a lacedaemonian palestra theodorus would you have a right to look on at the naked wrestlers some of them making a poor figure if you did not strip and give them an opportunity of judging of your own person theodorus why not socrates if they would allow me as i think you will in consideration of my age and stiffness 
let some more supple youth try a fall with you and do not drag me into the gymnasium socrates your will is my will theodorus as the proverbial philosophers say and therefore i will return to the sage theaetetus tell me theaetetus in reference to what i was saying are you not lost in wonder like myself when you find that all of a sudden you are raised to the level of the wisest of men or indeed of the gods for you would assume the measure of protagoras to apply to the gods as well as men theaetetus certainly i should and i confess to you that i am lost in wonder at first hearing i was quite satisfied with the doctrine that whatever appears is to each one but now the face of things has changed socrates why my dear boy you are young and therefore your ear is quickly caught and your mind influenced by popular arguments protagoras or some one speaking on his behalf will doubtless say in reply good people young and old you meet and harangue and bring in the gods whose existence or non-existence i banish from writing and speech or you talk about the reason of man being degraded to the level of the brutes which is a telling argument with the multitude but not one word of proof or demonstration do you offer all is probability with you and yet surely you and theodorus had better reflect whether you are disposed to admit of probability and figures of speech in matters of such importance he or any other mathematician who argued from probabilities and likelihoods in geometry would not be worth an ace theaetetus but neither you nor we socrates would be satisfied with such arguments socrates then you and theodorus mean to say that we must look at the matter in some other way theaetetus yes in quite another way socrates and the way will be to ask whether perception is or is not the same as knowledge for this was the real point of our argument and with a view to this we raised did we not those many strange questions theaetetus certainly socrates shall we say that we know everything which we see and hear for example shall we say that not having learned we do not hear the language of foreigners when they speak to us or shall we say that we not only hear but know what they are saying or again if we see letters which we do not understand shall we say that we do not see them or shall we aver that seeing them we must know them theaetetus we shall say socrates that we know what we actually see and hear of them that is to say we see and know the figure and colour of the letters and we hear and know the elevation or depression of the sound of them but we do not perceive by sight and hearing or know that which grammarians and interpreters teach about them socrates capital theaetetus and about this there shall be no dispute because i want you to grow but there is another difficulty coming which you will also have to repulse theaetetus what is it socrates some one will say can a man who has ever known anything and still has and preserves a memory of that which he knows not know that which he remembers at the time when he remembers i have i fear a tedious way of putting a simple question which is only whether a man who has learned and remembers can fail to know theaetetus impossible socrates the supposition is monstrous socrates am i talking nonsense then 
think is not seeing perceiving and is not sight perception theaetetus true socrates and if our recent definition holds every man knows that which he has seen theaetetus yes socrates and you would admit that there is such a thing as memory theaetetus yes socrates and is memory of something or of nothing theaetetus of something surely socrates of things learned and perceived that is theaetetus certainly socrates often a man remembers that which he has seen theaetetus true socrates and if he closed his eyes would he forget theaetetus who socrates would dare to say so socrates but we must say so if the previous argument is to be maintained theaetetus what do you mean i am not quite sure that i understand you though i have a strong suspicion that you are right socrates as thus he who sees knows as we say that which he sees for perception and sight and knowledge are admitted to be the same theaetetus certainly socrates but he who saw and has knowledge of that which he saw remembers when he closes his eyes that which he no longer sees theaetetus true socrates and seeing is knowing and therefore not seeing is not knowing theaetetus very true socrates then the inference is that a man may have attained the knowledge of something which he may remember and yet not know because he does not see and this has been affirmed by us to be a monstrous supposition theaetetus most true socrates thus then the assertion that knowledge and perception are one involves a manifest impossibility theaetetus yes socrates then they must be distinguished theaetetus i suppose that they must socrates once more we shall have to begin and ask what is knowledge and yet theaetetus what are we going to do theaetetus about what socrates like a good-for-nothing cock without having won the victory we walk away from the argument and crow theaetetus how do you mean socrates after the manner of disputers we were satisfied with mere verbal consistency and were well pleased if in this way we could gain an advantage although professing not to be mere aristics but philosophers i suspect that we have unconsciously fallen into the error of that ingenious class of persons theaetetus i do not as yet understand you socrates then i will try to explain myself just now we asked the question whether a man who had learned and remembered could fail to know and we showed that a person who had seen might remember when he had his eyes shut and could not see and then he would at the same time remember and not know but this was an impossibility and so the protagorean fable came to naught and yours also who maintained that knowledge is the same as perception theaetetus true socrates and yet my friend i rather suspect that the result would have been different if protagoras who was the father of the first of the two brats had been alive he would have had a great deal to say on their behalf but he is dead and we insult over his orphan child and even the guardians whom he left 
and of whom our friend theodorus is one are unwilling to give any help and therefore i suppose that i must take up his cause myself and see justice done theodorus not i socrates but rather callias the son of hipponicus is guardian of his orphans i was too soon diverted from the abstractions of dialectic to geometry nevertheless i shall be grateful to you if you assist him socrates very good theodorus you shall see how i will come to the rescue if a person does not attend to the meaning of terms as they are commonly used in argument he may be involved even in greater paradoxes than these shall i explain this matter to you or to theaetetus theodorus to both of us and let the younger answer he will incur less disgrace if he is discomfited socrates then now let me ask the awful question which is this can a man know and also not know that which he knows theodorus how shall we answer theaetetus theaetetus he cannot i should say socrates he can if you maintain that seeing is knowing when you are imprisoned in a well as the saying is and the self-assured adversary closes one of your eyes with his hand and asks whether you can see his cloak with the eye which he has closed how will you answer the inevitable man theaetetus i should answer not with that eye but with the other socrates then you see and do not see the same thing at the same time theaetetus yes in a certain sense socrates none of that he will reply i do not ask or bid you answer in what sense you know but only whether you know that which you do not know you have been proved to see that which you do not see and you have already admitted that seeing is knowing and that not seeing is not knowing i leave you to draw the inference theaetetus yes the inference is the contradictory of my assertion socrates yes my marvel and there might have been yet worse things in store for you if an opponent had gone on to ask whether you can have a sharp and also a dull knowledge and whether you can know near but not at a distance or know the same thing with more or less intensity and so on without end such questions might have been put to you by a light-armed mercenary who argued for pay he would have lain in wait for you and when you took up the position that sense is knowledge he would have made an assault upon hearing smelling and the other senses he would have shown you no mercy and while you were lost in envy and admiration of his wisdom he would have got you into his net out of which you would not have escaped until you had come to an understanding about the sum to be paid for your release well you ask and how will protagoras reinforce his position shall i answer for him theaetetus by all means socrates he will repeat all those things which we have been urging on his behalf and then he will close with us in disdain and say the worthy socrates asked a little boy whether the same man could remember and not know the same thing and the boy said no because he was frightened and could not see what was coming and then socrates made fun of poor me the truth is o slatternly socrates that when you ask questions about any assertion of mine and the person asked is found tripping if he has answered as i should have answered then i am refuted 
but if he answers something else then he is refuted and not i for do you really suppose that any one would admit the memory which a man has of an impression which has passed away to be the same with that which he experienced at the time assuredly not or would he hesitate to acknowledge that the same man may know and not know the same thing or if he is afraid of making this admission would he ever grant that one who has become unlike is the same as before he became unlike or would he admit that a man is one at all and not rather many and infinite as the changes which take place in him i speak by the card in order to avoid entanglements of words but oh my good sir he will say come to the argument in a more generous spirit and either show if you can that our sensations are not relative and individual or if you admit them to be so prove that this does not involve the consequence that the appearance becomes or if you will have the word is to the individual only as to your talk about pigs and baboons you are yourself behaving like a pig and you teach your hearers to make sport of my writings in the same ignorant manner but this is not to your credit for i declare that the truth is as i have written and that each of us is a measure of existence and of non-existence yet one man may be a thousand times better than another in proportion as different things are and appear to him and i am far from saying that wisdom and the wise man have no existence but i say that the wise man is he who makes the evils which appear and are to a man into goods which are and appear to him and i would beg you not to press my words in the letter but to take the meaning of them as i will explain them remember what has been already said that to the sick man his food appears to be and is bitter and to the man in health the opposite of bitter now i cannot conceive that one of these men can be or ought to be made wiser than the other nor can you assert that the sick man because he has one impression is foolish and the healthy man because he has another is wise but the one state requires to be changed into the other the worse into the better as in education a change of state has to be effected and the sophist accomplishes by words the change which the physician works by the aid of drugs not that any one ever made another think truly who previously thought falsely for no one can think what is not or think anything different from that which he feels and this is always true but as the inferior habit of mind has thoughts of a kindred nature so i conceive that a good mind causes men to have good thoughts and these which the inexperienced call true i maintain to be only better and not truer than others and oh my dear socrates i do not call wise men tadpoles far from it i say that they are the physicians of the human body and the husbandmen of plants for the husbandmen also take away the evil and disordered sensations of plants and infuse into them good and healthy sensations ay and true ones and the wise and good rhetoricians make the good instead of the evil to seem just to states for whatever appears to a state to be just and fair so long as it is regarded as such is just and fair to it but the teacher of wisdom causes the good to take the place of the evil both in appearance and in reality and in like manner the sophist who is able to train his pupils in this spirit is a wise man and deserves to be well paid by them and so 
one man is wiser than another and no one thinks falsely and you whether you will or not must endure to be a measure on these foundations the argument stands firm which you socrates may if you please overthrow by an opposite argument or if you like you may put questions to me a method to which no intelligent person will object quite the reverse but i must beg you to put fair questions for there is great inconsistency in saying that you have a zeal for virtue and then always behaving unfairly in argument the unfairness of which i complain is that you do not distinguish between mere disputation and dialectic the disputer may trip up his opponent as often as he likes and make fun but the dialectician will be in earnest and only correct his adversary when necessary telling him the errors into which he has fallen through his own fault or that of the company which he has previously kept if you do so your adversary will lay the blame of his own confusion and perplexity on himself and not on you he will follow and love you and will hate himself and escape from himself into philosophy in order that he may become different from what he was but the other mode of arguing which is practised by the many will have just the opposite effect upon him and as he grows older instead of turning philosopher he will come to hate philosophy i would recommend you therefore as i said before not to encourage yourself in this polemical and controversial temper but to find out in a friendly and congenial spirit what we really mean when we say that all things are in motion and that to every individual and state what appears is in this manner you will consider whether knowledge and sensation are the same or different but you will not argue as you were just now doing from the customary use of names and words which the vulgar pervert in all sorts of ways causing infinite perplexity to one another such theodorus is the very slight help which i am able to offer to your old friend had he been living he would have helped himself in a far more glorious style theodorus you are jesting socrates indeed your defence of him has been most valorous socrates thank you friend and i hope that you observed protagoras bidding us be serious as the text man is the measure of all things was a solemn one and he reproached us with making a boy the medium of discourse and said that the boy's timidity was made to tell against his argument he also declared that we made a joke of him theodorus how could i fail to observe all that socrates socrates well and shall we do as he says theodorus by all means socrates but if his wishes are to be regarded you and i must take up the argument and in all seriousness and ask and answer one another for you see that the rest of us are nothing but boys in no other way can we escape the imputation that in our fresh analysis of his thesis we are making fun with boys theodorus well but is not theaetetus better able to follow a philosophical inquiry than a great many men who have long beards socrates yes theodorus but not better than you and therefore please not to imagine that i am to defend by every means in my power your departed friend and that you are to defend nothing and nobody at any rate my good man do not cheer off until we know whether you are a true measure of diagrams or whether all men are equally measures and sufficient for themselves in astronomy and geometry and the other branches of knowledge in which you are supposed to excel them theodorus 
he who is sitting by you socrates will not easily avoid being drawn into an argument and when i said just now that you would excuse me and not like the lacedaemonians compel me to strip and fight i was talking nonsense i should rather compare you to Skiron, who threw travellers from the rocks for the lacedaemonian rule is strip or depart but you seem to go about your work more after the fashion of antaeus you will not allow any one who approaches you to depart until you have stripped him and he has been compelled to try a fall with you in argument socrates there theodorus you have hit off precisely the nature of my complaint but i am even more pugnacious than the giants of old for i have met with no end of heroes many a heracles many a theseus mighty in words has broken my head nevertheless i am always at this rough exercise which inspires me like a passion please then to try a fall with me whereby you will do yourself good as well as me theodorus i consent lead me whither you will for i know that you are like destiny no man can escape from any argument which you may weave for him but i am not disposed to go further than you suggest socrates once will be enough and now take particular care that we do not again unwittingly expose ourselves to the reproach of talking childishly theodorus i will do my best to avoid that error and of part two of theetetus recording in memory of mitchell edwards